Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, to push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Uh, today, we are going to attempt to answer the age-old question, which is better, CrossFit or bodybuilding? Um, this question has been circulating in the industry for a number of years. It's obviously the the biggest question in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it is it is kind of fascinating. It's kind of fascinating to me just because, you know, I've been involved in both um, both of these disciplines for a while. Um, and I think it's a really interesting topic to get into just because, you know, both have their benefits, uh, both have their limits. Um, and, you know, I want to I want to touch on what the, the benefits of both are, what the differences are primarily between them, what the benefits are, what the limits are, uh, and what we can kind of learn from from both of them. Um, and maybe try and understand a little bit more about, you know, which sport um, or which variation of the sport is best for what people or what what kind of people and maybe what what age of people or what temperament of people or you know whatever it may be so i want to kind of start with bodybuilding um and talk a little bit about what bodybuilding is and what that term bodybuilding means um bodybuilding of course has been around for a very long time uh you know starting at the beginning of the 20th century really um into the into the kind of uh 1950s where bodybuilding kind of started to take off and then of course the golden era in the in the late 60s and 70s with the with arnold Schwarzenegger and that kind of stuff the kind of term bodybuilding really came around but when a lot of us think about like bodybuilding and not so much in a in, pro, in a professional sense but in like in has in how we train in the gym we're really talking about you know training for aesthetics right we're really th- thinking about I'm going to build up my muscles to look a certain way. Um, so whether that be, you know, I want to get bigger or I want to get leaner. The main psychological focus is on improving my body um, by training uh, and by building up certain parts of my my structure, my physical structures to look a certain way. And when you think about um, training for bodybuilding, you usually think about the week in kind of a split sense, like how am I going to split up my week? How am I going to uh, divide my days between uh, what muscle groups? So the classic, of course, is you know you do chest and maybe maybe chest and triceps on a Monday, maybe back and biceps on a Tuesday, maybe Wednesday off, maybe legs on a Thursday, maybe shoulders on a Friday, something like that. But you're going to break your week up. You're going to divide your week up specific to muscle groups. So the focus is on which muscle groups am I targeting on which day? And that's kind of the structure of bodybuilding. Um, there are, of course, variations on this. Uh, you may find certain bodybuilding programs that kind of like a more of an all body kind of split, or you have like push and pull splits or um, lower upper splits. Uh, but primarily we th- we're talking about dividing our days into muscle groups um, and Usually, you know, we're doing 60 to maybe 90 minutes a day and and maybe we're doing cardio on top of that and maybe we aren't, you know, depending on whether you're in a bulking phase or a leaning phase, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but it's a pretty it's a pretty basic concept of training the muscle to exhaustion, um, damaging the muscle so that it grows back stronger. And that's essentially what you're doing in bodybuilding. Um, if I want the muscle to grow back bigger and stronger, 
I have to take it beyond its comfort zone in that session, uh, destroy the muscle fiber as much as I possibly can so that it grows back stronger. Now, there are intelligent ways to do this and there are stupid ways to do this and both exist in the bodybuilding world. Um, but uh, essentially, that's how we're going to look at the week. Um, we're also looking at time under tension in bodybuilding. We're, we're trying to cause stress in the muscle because we know that the more stress we create in the muscle, uh, the more damage will happen, uh, the more it will grow back uh, bigger and stronger. Um, so we're often trying to not avoid tension, not avoid stress, but create it. Um, you know, that's a, that's a thing I say to a lot of the guys that, that are doing the, the build program at Pharos. We're really looking to put the body under as much tension as possible and we'll use different tempos and so forth, different, different eccentric contractions to try and create that tension. Um, and there are many ways to go about it, but we, we need to understand that the, the overall overarching uh, premise is that we need to create tension in the muscle in order to create the stress that we want, in order to damage the muscle, in order for it to grow back stronger. Um, and of course, under that principle, we have the uh, progressive overload principle, where I'm going to- Love that one. Yeah, where I'm going to progressively uh, increase either the weight or the reps or the sets or the time under tension over a set time period so that I'm always making progress. I'm always moving the needle forward. Um, we also have to understand um, that this primarily is an aesthetic sport, and that is primarily my goal. And I do whatever it takes to improve myself aesthetically. I'm not worried really about how much weight I'm lifting. I'm not worried really about performance in any sense. The only thing that matters, the only thing that should matter if the quest is bodybuilding um, from a purely bodybuilding perspective is, is what I'm doing achieving the end goal, which is either growing the muscle or leaning me out if I'm, if I'm preparing for something. Um, but, you know, I think you have to go in with a mindset and where people struggle, I think, with bodybuilding sometimes is that you have to understand what the driving force is and what the goal is. And if what you're doing is not moving you towards that goal, then it doesn't need to be in the program. It doesn't matter whether you like it. It doesn't matter whether a sports science book says X, Y, Z. If it doesn't uh, get you closer to what the actual goal is, it doesn't need to be in the program. And that's a mistake, to be honest. You know, I have made in the past, um, you know, you, you tend to put your bias on all these things. Um, and it's hard to take bias out of programming um, because they're all things we love doing. They're all things we enjoy. We're all things we want to put other people through. But um, if the goal primarily is just bodybuilding, then we need to remember what, what we're actually trying to achieve here. So, you know, taking cardio as, a, uh, as a, an example here, cardio in the bodybuilding sense is not for performance. Cardio is simply to burn fat. It's, it's simply to improve condition. So, you know, a lot of times in bodybuilding, we're looking at uh, lower intensity cardio or less um, low intensity steady state cardio. You'll see often in bodybuilding programs, 30, 45, 60 minutes steady state cardio, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, whatever it may be. Um, but again, it may be set at a, a specific heart rate, maybe 120 to 140 beats per minute. Um, 
but that is not because we're, in, we're interested in increasing performance in that range. We're simply trying to encourage fat loss, fat burning. Mm. Um, so every decision we make is with that aesthetic goal in, in mind. We are not it doesn't we're not we don't care how quickly we run a four hundred meters. We don't care how quickly we run at 800 meters. We don't care about your 5K time. We don't care about your um, 10K time. All we care about is, is this having a fact, an effect on your body fat composition? That's the only thing that really matters. So I think we talked about a few months back and you also had somebody you were training in this way. You're having them do like 30 to 45 minutes of just high intensity walking, getting like 30 to 45 minutes a day in order to lean out in that bodybuilding phase. I and mean, would that be like a target like like walk time or run time, cardio time you're looking to do. Right. In a yeah. And, and, and again, it, it may, it may vary on where they are in the program. Like, you know, let's say you're doing a 12 week program earlier on in the program, you might be doing less cardio. So you might be doing like 30 minutes, three times a week. And then as you get closer and closer to the end date, like the, the, the peak performance or the mm. peak appearance date, you might increase that cardio to 45, 60 minutes. It might go to five, six days a week. So it's, again, it's a progressive overload of that cardiovascular work. But again, it has nothing to do with performance and everything to do with fat loss and everything today would do with what you look like. Um, so when I, when I think about cardio for bodybuilding, I'm, I'm looking to work in the, in the correct like heart rate range to, to have the effect that I want, but I don't care about like how, how, how quickly I do something or mm -hmm. the time of something or the performance element of it. Um, that said, there are people that do do like hit that, that do higher intensity cardio work, uh, for fat loss. Um, you know, whether you're doing like Tabata drills or whatever it may be, or, <laughs> whatever kind of high intensity cardio drill you might do. Um, but again, you're, you're aiming for, for a heart rate, Measurement. So of course with hit, you're looking for a higher heart rate. Um, and maybe the the time in which you do it or the uh, the meter that you row or the calories that you row might give off a performance metric, but the end game isn't the performance. The end game is just does this increase the fat burning process? That's for the aesthetic. For the aesthetic. That's my yeah. soul. That's the only thing I truly care about. So again, does what I'm doing move me closer towards my goal is the only thing we should really be thinking about. Um, we've touched on this before, but obviously the goal is to increase either the size slash shape of the muscle um, or the muscle fibers. Um, so we are going into it with the, with the, uh, the mental um, approach that I'm selecting exercises and movements that either increase the size or improve the shape of the muscle uh, or, or, the, or increase the size of the muscle fiber. And we're thinking less about um, does, it, does it have that, again, like a performance element or does it have that kind of like, uh, does it look good or does it have full range of motion or, you know, things that matter in the Olympic lifting or the CrossFit world, like, uh, standards. Does it have the correct standard? Did you did you start in the right place and did you finish in the right place? Uh, did you get to that like strict lockout position and all that kind of stuff? Like it doesn't matter in bodybuilding. Like it just the only thing that matters is does this increase the size of the muscle? Am I creating the kind of tension that I want to create? Again, is this moving the needle forward? Um, a lot of people when they see bodybuilders, and I like to look at this from both sides. They'll say, oh, they're not even doing the correct range of motion. Oh, that isn't a full rep. Oh, that's that doesn't count. Like, <laughs> doesn't count for what? Like, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, is it doing what they're trying to make it do? 
Um, when you're on stage posing or right. you're in a body, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's, that's something like I see there's a lot of judgment, of course, in fitness as there isn't everything. <laughs> but when, uh, when CrossFitters judge bodybuilders, they're like, oh, that's not a real squat. Oh, oh, you know, that's not a real pull up. He didn't, he didn't get his like, clavicle to the bar or whatever. It's like, do you think they care? No, they don't care. They only <laughs> care about the size of the muscle. Um, so it's a, it's a really important distinction to make. Um, you know, in, in sports like Olympic lifting and in sports like CrossFit, like we just mentioned, you have standards, like the bar has to be in a certain place and it has to finish in a certain place. And there has to be like your bicep has to be before your ear and a, behind your ear and a lockout um, and all these kinds of things. And in bodybuilding, it just simply doesn't matter. Um, I think the, a great example is the Smith, Smith machine. Um, you know, when you look at a Smith machine, you know, to, to, a, to a CrossFit fitter, it would be like, oh my God, like I would never use a Smith machine. Oh my God. It's so unfunctional. Oh my God. And like to a bodybuilder, it's like, yeah, but like I can create more tension with the Smith machine than I can without it. And a specific area when I can isolate this, this muscle more and I can isolate this position more, therefore it has value. Um, and so again, you know, different things will have value to different, uh, different people and, you need to open your eyes to, you know, what the goal is and not what your, your feelings about it are. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people now in the, in the industry that like are approaching everything now from a functional point of view and thinking about like athletic movement, but they're not considering like the reason why a bodybuilder, a bodybuilder might make certain choices about certain exercises same thing with like a leg press. Like it was so funny, like in a CrossFit gym 10, 15 years ago, you would never have seen a leg press because it was like, oh my God, that's so unfunctional. And now of course you see them more and more because people are saying like, well, okay, but if I have underdeveloped quads and my back is dominant in the back squat, then maybe the leg press has some value and then for maybe I should have it in my CrossFit gym. Um, so again, to a bodybuilder, leg presses in my brain are like, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to have a leg press because I want to like overload the quads in this position. Um, I can isolate more. I can create the more of the tension that I'm trying to create. Therefore, you know, I'm going to do it. Um, whereas to a, to a crossfitter, that's going to make less sense. The words I just said, I think it's making more sense as, as, as time passes by. Yeah. What's, uh, what's interesting is like coming up, you think like you start all those regiments, the bodybuilding regiments is how you throw up like, hey, I'm doing this at 16, 17, tries and chest on this day, back and buys on another day. But, you know, if you're an athlete, maybe bodybuilding regimens aren't the thing you necessarily should be doing. You should right. be adding some plyometrics in with some of those strength training exercises more along the CrossFit side. So it's like weird that the education is so mismatched of yeah. what you should be doing, what you are doing. Well, I th a, lot, a lot of it comes back to the argument of like, what is real training? And that 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 is just such a stupid question to ask because it all depends on what what the goal is, obviously. Exactly. So you can't say that isn't real training because if you don't appreciate what the sport is and what is involved in the sport and what the end game of the sport is, um, it's the same argument on the flip side with like keeping pull ups and butterfly pull ups. It's like people on the internet, like with internet warriors, looking at crossfits, going, <laughs> "That's not a real pull up." It's like, oh my God, like how many times do we have to have this argument? The girl doing 50 unbroken chest to bar pull-ups, butterfly style, I guarantee you she can do more strict pull-ups than you. I guarantee it. Um, it doesn't mean she can't do them correctly. 
It's just a better version of that movement for that specific sport. So you can't take the bias that you have from your sport and put mm -hmm. it on another sport. You have to appreciate the sport for what it is and what that sport is trying to achieve. Uh, and I think, again, people go into, you know, we can talk about this in, in all elements of life, right? People go yeah. into every every argument with their own specific bias, bias from their own frame, uh, from their own framework, from their own point of view, and aren't really considering what the other side is or what the other side is trying to do or all the nuances of that of that particular discipline so um yeah it's 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 fascinating to me when i hear those arguments um <laughs> we can also think about uh bodybuilding both from a training perspective and a nutritional perspective as kind of like a bulking leaning operation if you look at the way these um these kind of uh programs are created Often there'll be a, bunk, a bulking phase followed by a leaning phase. So maybe it might be an eight-week bulk uh, and a three, four, sometimes five, sometimes six uh, leaning phase, depending on you know how much work needs to be done. So you tend to see this like, I don't want to say yo-yo dieting, but it, it, it can certainly lead to that where you're like, you're over-consuming calories and then under-consuming calories, then over-consuming calories and under-consuming calories. So I'm trying to bulk up, lean down, bulk up, lean down, bulk up, lean down. So that tends to be the cycle that we see in, in bodybuilding. That's kind of how things are laid out. So we can think about our, our yearly meso cycle of being, you know, my weeks are divided into my splits, uh, certain muscle groups on certain days. That's how I think about my, my training splits and my food intake and my calories are in these waves of bulking and leaning and bulking and leaning, get big, get small, get big, get small, get big, get small. So I'm in that kind of cyclic nutritional, um, you know, uh, continuation. Um, so that's kind of how the, the bodybuilding thing uh, kind of pans out over the year. Um, I think, when it comes to um, the benefits uh, of bodybuilding, I do think of bodybuilding as more of a low risk sport, as in, I think, and of course injuries happen, but I do think because everything should be controlled, and of course this this always goes back to education, how well you're trained and you, you know, whether you had a good, a good coach who taught you how to do everything properly, um, but because the movements in bodybuilding are controlled, um, you aren't doing things for time. You aren't rushing things. Um, I do think there is a lower risk uh, element involved in bodybuilding, which can be of benefit at all ages. Um, I think bodybuilding is great for uh, improving metabolism. Um, we always say, really, the ultimate goal is to improve metabolism. It's to it's to consume as many nutrients as you possibly can without gaining body fat. And in order to do that, I have to have a good amount of lean mass on my body. And I create lean mass through bodybuilding techniques. Therefore, bodybuilding is great for, for metabolism uh, and thus overall health. As I get older, it is to my advantage to have as much muscle on my body as I can. Um, it will su uh, support my skeletal strength. Bodybuilding will increase your ligament uh, density. Um, as well as your as well as your muscle fibers and your tendons, um, uh, tendon strength, skeletal bone strength, that's going to be improved by bodybuilding. 
Um, all these things are going to increase our longevity as human beings. We're going to hold better posture for longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be, because of that, we're going to be more functional for longer. Um, we're going to feel better for longer. Uh, we're going to keep our hormones healthier for longer. We're going to keep testosterone higher. We're going to keep growth hormone higher. Um, and that's, you know, we're, we're not even touching on the on the drug thing here. We're just talking about training for training's sake. Um, training, just weight training, just bodybuilding style training will improve testosterone and growth hormone. Um, we'll of course look, hopefully we'll look better naked, which makes <laughs> most of us feel a little bit better. Um, uh, great for energy and great for just like general motivation in life. Just that, that gives you that kind of get up and go and helps you, um, helps your mindset. Like, um, if I don't train, um, you know, on a daily basis, like something mentally happens to me. It's, it's just, I don't feel myself. I don't feel good. I need the stimulus of training to, to give me, um, to give me the minerals I need to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and to stay and to stay positive and to still stay in the right frame of mind and to, uh, you know, stay motivated in my work, stay motivated in my relationships and all, and all that good stuff. So I think there are a ton of ton of benefits to bodybuilding. I think it's, you know, it's been around for a long time. People now understand how good it feels, understand the benefits, and uh, you know, it's bodybuilding certainly isn't going anywhere. Um, as to the limits um, of bodybuilding, you know, I, I know for myself, and this is not true of everybody, but if you do a bodybuilding program for long enough, and if you're just doing strict bodybuilding. There's a certain boredom factor that kicks in with me. Kicks in with me. Um, it doesn't have um, the same kind of energy behind it that, that that CrossFit can have. It doesn't have the same same kind of community feel behind it because you know it's often more of a, a solitary sport. Like you may have a good training partner, which is a huge benefit, um, but it doesn't have the same kind of group uh, mentality that sense that group camaraderie uh, behind it that can that can really keep you motivated, keep you in the game. Um, it doesn't have the same sense of competitiveness on a daily basis that other sports have. So, you know, if you're playing a game or you're playing a sport and the, there's, there's a winner and a loser and all that kind of stuff, there's a competitive nature to that that can be fun and can be, you know, can get the best out of you. Um, I think it's hard to sometimes get the best out of yourself when it's just you on your own in your in your garage or in your gym with headphones on. Um, it can be hard to push the level to where it needs to be. Um, I think there can also be somewhat of a lack of variety in bodybuilding. Um, this isn't always true. There's a lot of, obviously, people with a lot of experience, a lot of coaches that can find ways to create new stimulus. Um, but you will see a lot of people on the same body bodybuilding program this week that they were doing 38 weeks ago. <laughs> no, completely. I, I run into the same issue. And like, I think the two things you suggested, you know, adding that eight by eight um, and then keeping going with progressive overload, like right. that stuff like gives you the challenge to want well, to keep going. Yes. Keeping track of numbers is, is, is definitely a, mm-hmm. a very worthwhile thing. Something to, you know, something to motivate you, something to, to stimulate you, something, well, three weeks ago, I could only do, you know, three sets of 10 at 155 pounds, but now I can do three sets of 10 at 185 pounds. Like that alone is a stimulating factor and a motivating factor. But if you don't have those metrics, you don't have that. Um, But I think in general terms, 
because it is a, a more of a singular sport like we we're, ju- we're just focusing on the on the, ele- the 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 sport of bodybuilding as opposed to like the variation of all these different movements and modalities it can be a little bit more monotonous than than other uh fitness hobbies should we say um <laughs> It can also be uh, expensive bodybuilding um, to get all of the uh, equipment that you need. Obviously, it doesn't have to be that way. You can just do bodybuilding old school with a barbell and some dumbbells, and that's absolutely fine. But I think I find that most people at some point want to get some bells and whistles. You know, you want the cables and you want the different machines and all that kind of stuff. And of course, that adds up, you know, and of course, you can overcome that by joining you know, a, a relatively cheap gym, uh, you know, Globo gyms relatively aren't as expensive as CrossFit gyms. So that can be to your advantage and you can find uh, good equipment in these relatively uh, relatively cheap gyms. Um, but again, with those kinds of gyms, there is definitely a motivation factor. Um, you can go to gyms like Equinox and of course there can be really nice facilities with really nice equipment but the atmosphere is just not conducive to hard work. It just doesn't give you that that push and that stimulus and that, you that do, roar that you want. You do feel self-conscious when you start throwing weights around LA Fitness or right. Equinox. You're like, ah. Yeah, it's just not the same <laughs> drive behind it. Um, so to build, to build out uh, like a, uh, a bodybuilding style facility, like if you were to do it on your own, would be very expensive. And then, of course, you're looking for for a good facility that that can give you both the equipment and the stimulus you need to to for it to be effective. Um, other limits, I think, there can be a lack of mobility that's associated with bodybuilding because you often are training in isolation, you often aren't working on mobility separately. There isn't the need to be mobile unless you are. Uh, a professional on stage that is going through uh, a particularly challenging uh, posing routine that requires mobility. Um, for the most part, mobility is not really required in bodybuilding. Um, you don't have to get into certain positions, uh, like for example, an Olympic lift, Olympic lift would require. So I often see in that world um, a lack of mobility, uh, and um, that can cause problems over time if it's not uh, paid attention to. Now, of course. I'm generalizing. There are a lot of bodybuilders that do do mobility, that do do yoga, and that do do supplement their program to, to to stay mobile. But I'm just saying, in general terms, there is certainly that risk and certainly that danger. Uh, I think another limit we can look at is um, a lack of in bracket uh, in uh, quotation marks fitness. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, I think you can run the risk in bodybuilding. I've never really getting the heart rate up consistently high enough to improve fitness metrics. When we talk about heart health and so forth, it can be easy to go into a gym and do 10 reps, take a two-minute rest. Do 10 reps, take a two-minute rest. Do 10 reps, take a two-minute rest, and then move on to another exercise. You know, Unless you're really paying attention to your rest periods, unless you're really like, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And again, this isn't true of everybody, but I do think if I'm following a bodybuilding program, um, there can be definitely the temptation to take long breaks, rest a lot, and not really get fitter. Uh, You might be improving um, strength 
to some degree and muscle to some degree, but you're not really improving uh, heart health to any great um, to any great length if you're not including you know your cardio workouts. And you know there's a lot of people that don't do any cardio, or they'll do like five minutes on a bike at very low intensity and they're not really doing anything. So again, I'm, I'm generalizing. This isn't true of everybody, but um, I think there certainly is that risk that you don't actually get that fit doing certain bodybuilding programs. I know for myself when I have done, you know, when I've taken out the high intensity stuff and I hadn't done any Metcons and stuff like that, I certainly feel less fit, <laughs> you know, whatever that means to you. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, a, you know, an energy. Like when you're walking around, you, you, when you feel fit and you feel strong, you have a certain energy about you. Um, and when you don't have that, you feel kind of like lethargic, a little bit slower, a little bit heavier, um, and just not, not the same kind of animal that you are when you feel, when you're kind of like ticking all of the boxes. So just something to be aware of. Okay, that kind of like uh, sums up the bodybuilding side of things. Uh, so now I want to move on to, to, to the CrossFit side of things. And I actually, uh, I did go on CrossFit.com to see how they're defining themselves these days. And I'm just going to read it out. Um, it is a form of high intensity interval training. CrossFit is a strength conditioning workout that is made up of functional movement, functional movements performed at high intensity. Um, so we have words like functional training. We have words like high intensity. We have words like interval training. Um, and we're now, we're now in the world of performance. So we are now thinking about exercising with a performance metric uh, in mind. We no longer are concerned overly with aesthetics. We are concerned with how quickly we can do things, how good we can be at certain things, how heavy we can lift at certain things. Um, and we're thinking more about like, what can I do and what my capabilities are as opposed to what I look like. And of course, that alone is a very appealing side for some, for some people. Um, when I, when I look at my week, I'm going to divide my week more up into energy systems and movement patterns than I am into muscle groups. Now, muscle groups might come into it by virtue of movement patterns, but I'm not saying Monday is chest day. I'm saying, you know, Monday I'm working my, you know, my anaerobic energy system and I'm doing, you know, clean and jerks or I'm doing, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm thinking about my week in terms of what modality am I working on what day? What, um, where, where, where does each day fit on the fitness spectrum in terms of like, no, is this my anaerobic work? Is this my aerobic work? Is this my gymnastics day? Is this my Olympic lifting day? Um, is this my kind of hero workout, long, long form, um, um, long form kind of like mixing everything up kind of day or that kind of like um, uh, stamina, uh, muscular stamina uh, kind of day, um, aerobic base day, is it monostructural day? So there's all these different things that can come into a to a, to a CrossFit uh, program that um, again focuses more on the override overriding need to perform um, at my best at all these different disciplines. Um, so that to a lot of people um, is very appealing, right? Because I I'm gonna I'm gonna learn all this cool shit. I'm gonna be capable of all this cool shit. I'm gonna be a good all round 
kind of GPP athlete. I'm gonna I'm gonna be good across the fitness spectrum. I'm gonna have a good amount of aerobic capability. I'm gonna have a good amount of anaerobic capability. I'm gonna have a good amount of strength, and I'm gonna have a good amount of ability and agility. And I'm burning know, a lot of calories I'm while I'm in that session. Exactly. So again, you can see why that appeals to a lot of people. It ticks a lot of boxes, and it seems super fun. Um, when I look at CrossFit, I'm really thinking about efficiency rather than tension. I'm no longer concerned with creating tension for the sake of tension. Tension will happen uh, in an Olympic lift because I'm trying to lift a huge weight. But really, I'm thinking about efficiency. I'm thinking about how quickly I can do something. Um, when you when you do an Olympic lift or you're doing muscle ups or things like that, you're not thinking about I want to create as much tension in this movement as I can. I want to make it fluid. I want to make it. Um, I want to make it fast. I want to make it explosive. I want it. Um, I want it to flow. So we're thinking more about efficiency than we are about tension. Um, with this, uh, with this goal of performance, um, the aesthetic obviously takes a back seat. Now, you obviously change the way you look by virtue of the things that you do. So you will look better if the programming is good, but it's not because you were trying to look better necessarily. It's because you were trying to learn how to do this stuff or you're trying to perform, perform a certain way. So your appearance becomes the consequence of your fitness as opposed to the other way around. So now I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about um, maybe I'm going into the gym because I am, I'm looking in the mirror and thinking, you know, I want to change the way I look. I want to change my appearance, but I want to do it in a way that is, stimulating that is fun that gives me variety that gives me uh, peers that gives me community and all that good stuff and so i would rather go down the route of changing myself physically by becoming capable in all these different fields um and i think again to to a big you know segment of the population that appeals um because it sounds more fun mm -hmm. and it's more interesting um I think a lot of people, a, a lot of people that uh, came from a sport background um, in in school and college, maybe they played a lot of team sports. That kind of way of working out appeals to them more because it has that same kind of stimulus you had when you were learning a sport. It has the same kind of competitiveness. It has the same kind of teamwork. It has the same um, energy and drive behind it that you had in those team sports. So I think you know it can be you know, very appealing to, to anybody that, that, that played uh, team sports growing up. Whereas bodybuilding, if you're more of a kind of loner or if you like to do like more solitary sports growing up, then bodybuilding might appeal to you more because it's more of a, um, it's more just on you. Um, but the, 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 the people that like to compete and like the stimulus of competition and the people that say to themselves, I want to be Batman. Go down the CrossFit route because they want to be. <laughs> they want to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know. And on the flip side of that, just to just to you know segue a little bit. When you try to be good at everything, there is the danger of not being that good at anything. Um, which with bodybuilding, like if you put all your energy into bodybuilding and you're just focusing on bodybuilding there's a chance you're going to be pretty good at it. You're going to, you're going to make good advances in that 
in that sport or in that one thing you're trying to improve. The problem can be that if you're trying to get good at so many different things, you end up being not that good at any of them. Now, maybe that doesn't matter because maybe you get good enough at each of those things for it to be meaningful and for it to be fulfilling for you. And that's that's a good thing. But there is the danger of, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none kind of kind of sensation. Um, the benefits of, of CrossFit, um, we've touched on these already, but of course, the community is a huge uh, aspect of it. And the, the word community has become such an overused word and I kind of hate saying it, but um, it is a huge thing. Uh, we have found, oh, hey, Keats. This is my cat. We have found and we have seen uh, that the community at Pharos is a huge reason why people get accelerated results. You rise to the energy of your peers. Um, you, you know, compete may be the wrong word, but you, you certainly, your level of performance rises when you train with other people. Um, and it's an incredibly inspiring and inc incredibly effective uh, thing to be a part of. So the, the, you cannot get away from the fact that the community is a huge reason why CrossFit and CrossFit style gyms are very successful. Motivation is another key benefit of, uh, of the sport of CrossFit. Uh, again, because you are training with people, it can be very motivating because you see other people around you improve. It can be very motivating because you tangibly learn a skill. It can be very motivating. If I learn how to snatch and I couldn't snatch three weeks ago, I've acquired a new skill that is very motivating. If I couldn't do a sub seven 2k row six months ago and now I can, I can tangibly see my improvement improvement. It's a very visible thing. Uh, it's a very sensational thing. It's a very motivating factor. Because I have a lot of metrics to go off, I can use all of that to, to, to keep wanting to improve and to, to feel that kind of um, sensation of I'm getting better. I can see myself improving. I can feel myself improving. Now, of course, in bodybuilding, you can, you can physically see yourself looking better. And you if you have been recording the results, of course, you can see yourself you're getting stronger, but there are less metrics in terms of you know performance, obviously, that I can rely on to motivate motivate me to move forward. Um, of course, I still have um, I still have uh, a lot of health benefits. I, I still get muscle gain. I still improve strength. I still achieve a fat loss if I'm you know if I'm doing everything correctly. Um, it is. It can be, and this can be good or it can be bad, but it can be an addictive sport. So it. It, because of the competitive nature of it and because of the, 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 the improving capabilities kind of nature of it, it can be very addictive. I want to get better at this. I want to get better at this. I want to get better at this. You keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, uh, which can be good because it gets you in the routine. It gets you out of bed every day. It gets you in the gym every day. It gets you to buy all that equipment from mobile every day, everything that you don't need. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it can be a very, uh, that can be a very effective way to get someone, you know, hooked on exercise and, and to build good habits of, of going to the gym. Um, I see another huge benefit I see of it is it is motivating for people of all ages. You know, you only have to look at uh, CrossFit now to see very young people getting involved in CrossFit as well as very old people getting old is 
you know, relative, but, um, you know, <laughs> as an you, old man, there, there are 50, 55, 60, 65 year old people who are, who are very good at the, the sport of CrossFit. And like it's Lekka. Just, yes. Like yeah. Lekka, who's been on the podcast, like a fireman who's just again qualified for the CrossFit games. Um, that is giving an outlet to people of certain ages that just didn't exist before. Like, yes, there are masters events in, in bodybuilding, but it's not on the same uh, level as in CrossFit. And, and I think that can be very inspiring for people to see that, like, we don't have to accept 50, 55, 60, 65 as old anymore. There's a new, there's a new 65 out there and it's, it's inspiring and it's very physical and it's, it's age defying. And, and I think to a lot of people, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge benefit and a huge motivating factor. Um, also, you know, CrossFit really gave us the gift of the barbell back. Um, yeah. For the longest time, you know, with bodybuilding, people got away from the barbell. They were just using machines all the time. They got away from athletic lifting um, and they stopped, stopped using so many free weights and started using more and more machines. And with CrossFit, you really saw the return of the barbell, the return of Olympic lifting, um, the return of those disciplines that are hugely effective and hugely beneficial that had been kind of like cast aside for a good amount of time. So, you know, I think that's a huge benefit uh, of the sport of CrossFit. It really did reignite a lot of people's passions for those disciplines. Now, when we think about limits in CrossFit, and again, I'm going to talk in general terms because there are people that are very good at programming CrossFit and there are very good CrossFit boxes out there um, that do a great job. Um, but uh, if done poorly, and this is true of bodybuilding as well, but um, I think more so in CrossFit, there is a higher risk of injury. Um, there is a higher, because the movements are more complicated, um, are more technical, there is a higher risk of doing it wrong, doing it poorly, and injuring yourself. Uh, and we do see this time and time again. And people can argue all they want about it, but it's a fact. I've seen it. It happens. Um, it's just it's just a nature of the sport. If you're doing high technical movements, particularly if you're doing high technical movements for the time, particularly if you're doing high technical movements for time at a heavy weight, the risk of injury is going to go up. It's it's just common sense and it happens. Um, there's also the the temptation to rise above where you're at more quickly because you're seeing other people around you do it. It's like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. Your body is not ready. You are not ready. You don't have the ability yet. Um, but because the people around you are doing it, you kind of get drawn in. And before you know it, you've, you know, you've torn your shoulder or, you know, you've done something to your hip or, you know, you dropped a barbell on your head, whatever it may be. Um, you know, there is, there is that risk there. Um, I do see, and I, I think this is improving as time's gone by, but historically there has been a lot of, uh, bad programming out there or, you know, bad execution of programming. And, you know, that comes down to the box and comes down to the coaching. But um, again, I think that's improving as we go, but there is definitely the risk of that. Um, you know, CrossFit, the, the, the problem can be it is a, a complicated and technical sport. So often I see and often the problem is you will do a 45-minute warm-up for a five-minute workout. Um, and that is not the most efficient use of somebody's time. If someone is coming to the gym to improve themselves physically, to get stronger, to get healthier, and they only have one hour to hour a day, you have to make sure that that one hour of the, of the day is well spent. Uh, and like I said, if they're doing a 45-minute wor warm-up for a five-minute workout, that's not an efficient use of their time. You know, 
there is a time and place for learning to do snatches. There is a time and place for learning to do muscle-ups. But for the average Joe who's just trying to get stronger and healthier, they are maybe not the best options. And learning a skill for a long period of time that is not going to give them that much benefit in the long term may not be the best choice. Um, And again, we kind of see that time and time again. Now, of course, this all goes back to, to motivation. If learning that skill motivates you to get in the gym, and if not having that element to it makes you not go to the gym, then that could be the better choice. But we just have to be aware that like, depending on what that person wants and where that person, what that person's journey is and where that person is in their life, we have to be aware of you know, how well is our time spent in these areas? Oh, is this the best use of our time? Best use of our time. So we need to be uh, very conscious of the person in front of us, very conscious of the athlete in front of us and really prescribe for them the best session for them at that time in their life. Um, I have seen, and I, I continue to see long-term kind of a burnout with the sport of CrossFit. Like, because it is very, very demanding on the body and very, very demanding on the mind, I think if you do it too hard for too long, there is a high risk of getting burnout. Uh, and I've seen it both like on an athletic level and I've seen it um, on a general gym goer level. Like people just get like burnt out by it and fed up with it. And I just, I just can't do this anymore because it takes, it takes so much stimulus. It takes so much motivation. It takes so much like, energy to, to get in and do it um if you do it for long enough there is the danger you run into of it of, of reaching burnout and i do see that a lot how much is that though accredited towards the physical side or you know what we talk about all the time is just lack of dieting proper like refueling um, is, is think, that more of the case does it lean no, more that I, I way think, i think fueling is is, is 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 part of it and i think people need to make sure they are fueling themselves properly but just the nature of if you do anything that's really, really hard every day for a long period of time, it's you, you're going to get you're going to get burnt out at some point. Um, again, if it's programmed really well to avoid that kind of burnout, then um, then maybe it can be avoided. But if you want to get good at that sport, and because people who are good at that sport are now extremely good. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, the top athletes are a long way away from the average athletes. Um, it takes so much time and so much discipline and such hard work just to be decent at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a bigger danger of, of a psychological kind of burnout with with, with CrossFit, um, as well as it taking a huge toll on the body. You know, it takes a lot out of your takes a lot out of your joints, uh, takes, you know, if, if you have had, had injuries that you've had to come back from, that could take a lot, a lot, lot out of you. Um, it just takes a toll. And, you know, the other problem is because CrossFit is a much younger sport, you know, the long-term data isn't really there to let us know um, what the effects are. We mm-hmm. don't really know. Like the CrossFit the athlete that started in 2010 – and it's now 2022, that's 12 years, 12 years of data. We don't know what that person's going to be like when they're 50 years old. You know, are they going to be a wreck or are they going to be, you know, better for it? We don't really know. We don't have that data. But I do I do see, I definitely see the element of burnout uh, 
happening a lot in, in CrossFit. If someone's been doing it for 10 years every day, um, they're, you know, and, and people around me that, you know, even people at the gym, we, we have a lot of like ex-CrossFitters at the gym who just got to that point where like, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like this takes too much out of my body. Um, I'm just not willing to take the risks anymore. And I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Um, so that that is is definitely a, a risk. You know, mo- motivation. We talked a lot about CrossFit being being a motivational thing, um, and it can be extremely motivating in the beginning, and extremely inspiring in the beginning. But I think long term, there is the danger of that 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 kind of spirit waning um, if you don't pay attention. Now, this will move us more towards towards our conclusion here. Um, which is better out of these two things? Is CrossFit better or is bodybuilding better? Well, this is my my argument is that both have their benefits at certain times. Um, I'm someone who does both. I enjoy both sports. I've always loved bodybuilding. It took me a while to come around to CrossFit, but I've learned to love it. I've learned to love elements of it. I'm inspired by elements of it. I love working out with people. There's nothing better than I love to go to Farris on a Saturday morning and throw down with my buddies. It's it's fantastic. Um, I like learning new skills. I love the sport of weightlifting, Olympic lifting. Um, I love being capable and athletic. In quote marks, I'm not very athletic, but I love the um, I love the feeling of being athletic. Um, but uh, there are days when I don't want to do that. Like there are days when I don't want to do CrossFit. I just want to do bodybuilding and I'll listen to myself in those days and I'll just do bodybuilding. And which this is of course why the, the build program, you know, came around because I recognized the, what CrossFit can do to people and the burnout it can have and the, you know, the frustrations with it. Like, well, I actually came in here to gain muscle and I'm actually not gaining muscle because I'm just, you know, doing too much cardio and I'm just burnt out, whatever. So I think, you can find, and it will be different for everybody, but you can find a sweet spot with these two sports. Now, I'm not saying like, if you're a professional bodybuilder, you should start taking up CrossFit. But I think maybe there are elements of CrossFit that may be of benefit to you at a certain point in your bodybuilding career that may be helpful to you, whether that be the, you know, the interval training style, whether that be high intensity workouts, whether that be, you know, maybe I learn a new skill. Maybe it's a low risk skill, but maybe it's a skill that I learn. Um, I think, and in turn, I think there's a ton of things the CrossFit community can learn from the bodybuilding community because really and truly there are benefits of increasing uh, lean muscle tissue in CrossFit. Whether that be hamstring development, whether that be calf development, whether that be lat development, whatever it may be, um, I think, the good CrossFitters at a certain point realize the benefits of, of certain bodybuilding uh, techniques and they will put it in their accessory work. Um, so, of course, the, the big compound lifts and the athletic lifts and the Olympic lifts and the gymnastic stuff, that will always be the, the mainstay of the, that CrossFit world. But more and more, you see this inclusion of bodybuilding in their accessory programming. Um, and that's a great thing because it's a it's it's an important thing and it's 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 a very it's a very smart thing to do. So I think for a lot of people, you end up in this kind of balanced world. You end up with this balance of bodybuilding and CrossFit, where it's not all bodybuilding, it's not all CrossFit. It's kind of this hybrid. So yeah, I think you end up in this kind of like um, 
this this perfect balance situation where there are days when I will do CrossFit, there are days when I will do bodybuilding, there are days when I'll do parts of each. And really, this whole thing comes down to what you need as an individual. It comes down to what inspires you. It comes down to what motivates you. When people ask me the, what the best program is for them to do, it's the program that gets you in the gym and keeps you in the gym. Um, if you're trying to do something that doesn't interest you, that doesn't motivate you, that doesn't excite you, you are not going to do it for very long. You have to do the thing that gets your shorts on, gets your sneakers on, and gets you in the gym. Now, again, there are days when for me, sometimes that's just bodybuilding and I want to just bodybuild. Some days for me, that's CrossFit and I want it to be CrossFit. It just depends on how I'm feeling and what's stimulating me at that time. So no one should feel guilty about wanting to just do bodybuilding. No one should feel guilty about wanting to do CrossFit or any other you know sport that you may be doing at the gym because really and truly the only thing that matters is it's getting you in there. It's making you feel good. It's making you improve. Um, it's getting you, it's giving you social interaction. It's getting you healthier. It's getting you fitter. It's stimulating you. It's improving your mindset. Um, it's it's doing everything that it, it needs to do to make you a better, more functioning human being. Um, I think we pay too much attention to you should do this and you shouldn't do that. Uh, and we should pay more attention to I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel a certain way. And I don't mean I'm going to eat this giant birthday cake because it makes me feel good. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do this kind of fitness because today this is the right choice for me because it excites me. It interests me. It's going to fulfill what I wanted to fulfill and it's going to keep me going to the gym. So don't think of CrossFit and bodybuilding as these two sides of the different coin. Um, they both have their benefits. They both have their limits. Uh, they are both incredibly effective. They are both incredibly useful. Um, I've been doing both for a long time. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll continue to do both for, for a good amount of time to come. Um, but there's a lot we can learn from both sports and there's a lot of crossover between these, these disciplines. Um, and I think if we're open-minded enough and we're smart enough, we can take the benefits of both use them both and create a, a sustainable long-term program that works for our bodies and our minds. Does that make sense, Brennan? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know I've, I've been through it myself. I've been through it on the side of, like we talked about earlier, like when you get as a professional, I play professional basketball. And when you want to be a basketball player, like you're kind of just going in the gym still in high school by yourself and I'm going to do chest and back. And it's like, well, this is not what I should be doing together, number right. one. And it's like, I need to be having some kind of explosion, some kind of plyometric in with the strength training, but there was no barbell emphasis, right. which should have been there. I should have been doing some, uh, a little bit more front squats, some cleans, and a lot of hex bar deadlift right. back then to really emphasize the explosion and building the strength in yeah. that movement. So, you know, I've loved what I've gotten more into CrossFit, like you said. I've loved the barbell stuff. I mean, excuse me, the... Uh, the bodybuilding stuff that you've emphasized there, because like you said, even, I mean, I'm 32, but you get to that point where it's like, where else can I go with training? Right. Where else do I want to go? Right. And getting into the gym every day or finding a way to get in there five, four to five times a week, finding a way to stay motivated, 
look good naked. You know, it always comes back yeah. to that for a bunch of us. But um, it's a real thing. It, it's it's a real thing. And, you know, keeping my heart rate to that level of trying to get to the 75 to 85% yeah. for 30% of my workout is kind of the thing I'm, I'm looking for. And if I can do that in the bodybuilding mode, if I'm just doing that for the day, yeah, whatever. Gets walking you at that. four miles per hour for 30 minutes on a treadmill, getting two miles in in 30 minutes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I mean, I speak to, uh, you know, I've, sp I've spoken to collegiate rowers before that are like, when I finished rowing at college, I never wanted to get on a rower ever again. <laughs> and then they'll just go and do something else. I remember Matt Fraser, when he fi finished CrossFit, he just started bodybuilding. It's like, I, I can't do CrossFit anymore. I just need to go into bodybuilding. I mean, I, he, he's back to it now and doing whatever. But, you know, I think if we do anything hard enough for long enough, at a certain point, you want to do something else. And so I think keeping your options open, having variation, being open-minded, um, I think that long-term is, is, you know, puts you in, in, in good stead and um, is going to serve you better in the, in the long run. So we don't need to pigeon ourse pigeonhole ourselves into these single disciplines of like, oh, no, I do this, I don't do that, or I do this. It's like try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that. Um, like I said – Make sure that your choices are in line with your goals. So don't do A if your goal was C, but don't dismiss A for the sake of C. Like there are things from A that may be of use to you. So it's just being smart enough to, to recognize the benefits of certain certain things at certain times and certain places and not just discarding things because it's not what like you believe or what your group does or blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's just saying, yeah, I want to get good at this one thing, but I believe that there are elements of this other thing that may be of use to me and that may serve me, you know, better in the long run. So it's just, it's just keeping an open mind and um, experimenting, having fun. And like I said, whatever gets you in the gym. Frankensteinian building it, what you said, is best for you. It's going to get you in the gym, feeling healthy, community. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that'll that'll change over the course of your life. Like we, when you're in your 20s, you may want to do one thing. When you're in your 30s, maybe another, 40s, 50s, whatever it is. You know, you have to like make the choices that fit with your life, your lifestyle, your time. Uh, we didn't really touch on like lifestyle, how busy you are and your, your daily, you know, your daily grind, your daily life. But of course, that's a huge factor. How much time do you have? How much energy do you have? Um, what, what time of the gym can you get in and all that kind of stuff? There are all these factors that come into it. So you have to take in all those factors and just make the right choice for you at the right time. All right, guys, that pretty much wraps it up for today. Bodybuilding versus CrossFit. I think we answered the question. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Which is the better sport? Uh, I'd love to know uh, what you think. Okay, guys, until next time, take care. Uh, see you soon. Bye.